Would you like to stand and sing along with us, please? your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters and to mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember to lead the strong You lead us in the song of your salvation And all your people sing along So remember your people Remember your children Remember your Your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. So remember your people, remember your children, Remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Heaven reaching down to us. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. I'm covered in your love. Your grace is enough for me. Happy fourth Sunday of Lent and the last day of winter. Woohoo! Shorts and flip-flop weather is here, yay. We welcome you to worship, especially to those who are listening on the radio or in the fellowship hall. I have a couple of announcements, but first, Roy has something he would like to say. Good morning. I'd like to thank all the people that have a sore back, blistered hands that came out and worked yesterday, also, the people that donated money because we were able to go out and buy a lot of new plants that we planted. So on your way out, 
look at the garden and see that we have a lot of new stuff out there. So thank you very much for helping. We appreciate it. And pray for rain because I don't have to go out and water now every day to keep it going. So thank you. Thanks, Roy. Please consider a donation to Mobility Worldwide to help those in underdeveloped countries who can't walk. We will be collecting for this ministry until April the 4th. And as usual, please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesdays. And there are two services on Easter Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11. Let us now welcome the light of Christ. scripture reading today comes from Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9. The Israelites traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. The word of God for the people of God. Let us join together in a prayer. God of life, we thank you for the gift of life 
and for all the gifts you give us. This morning, we pray that you would draw all of your children back into your loving arms. Guide us as your ambassadors in declaring love and peace to the entire world. Open our minds and hearts to the recreating power of your word. Lead us in forgetting the unimportant things and concentrating on the things that matter for your kingdom. Teach us to walk in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we make our way to Resurrection Sunday, take a few moments and think about what was happening so long ago. Jesus did not solely die on the cross. He died for you. Every drop of his blood was shed for you. Every step, every humiliation, every strike of the whip, every mocking word, every piercing nail. Through it all, you were always on his mind. It is only through his mercy that we can be confident that we will live in glory. His amazing grace flows down and covers us. It covers all of our sins.
Thank you all so much. Thank you, Christy. That was beautiful. I just wanted to, I didn't want to hop up and I thought we should sit here a minute and meditate on that, you know. Anyway, it's great to see all of you all here. And I will, uh, before I start rainbows and rattlesnakes proper, I guess, I will echo what Roy said. Thanks to all of you who came out yesterday. We accomplished much, and that's very, very good. There's still much to accomplish around here as well. I'll start out our rainbows like I normally do with the rainbow. It is to see all of you here on this beautiful morning when we might actually see a rainbow, right? Later today when there's some sun behind some of this water, we might actually see one. So praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Gracious and merciful God, we thank you so much for your little unending, always surrounding love. Lord, we, we lift up our praises and thanksgiving to you for all good gifts come from you. And we recognize that and thank you. Lord, we lift up those that need healing in their bodies, their minds, or their souls. We ask that you would touch them and heal them. Lord, we, we lift up those who are having trouble in their marriages. We lift up those who are unemployed or underemployed. We lift up those who just don't have the basic necessities of life. Remind us often of the bounty that we have all been blessed with, that we would be quick to share with others. We lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world, that they would seek and do your will. And Lord, we ask that you would open our ears and our understanding as your word is proclaimed this morning that we all might walk in abundant life as your Son taught us to do and brought to us. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So often I am taught some of the best lessons in life or am reminded how I should act as a Christian by my dogs. My dogs are very, very faithful, and they're generally full of life. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. They're full of life, and they're happy. Rebecca walks the dogs every morning and most evenings, and sometimes I participate, and often I don't. But the thing is, she doesn't have to say a word. She goes to the front door, and we have, a, we have a little dish there, a little metal dish where she keeps their leashes. The leashes just lay in that dish. And one of the leashes is a chain link leash, right? So when she picks up those leashes, it rattles in that dish. That's it. You know, that's the signal. That's the, uh, that's the bell that Pavlov rang before he gave the dogs the meat, right? We have, we have two dogs currently, and one of them will be two in July. That's Teddy. And one of them will be 13 in May. That's Andy. So Andy's getting kind of old. She's got gray on her feet and on her snout and, you know, all of that. She looks, she's got gray like a lot of us, right? But when they hear that, when that, when that, leash hits the side of that bowl teddy comes in there he runs around he's going around his tail is his tail is going a million miles an hour pretty soon andy will come along and rebecca opens the door and they they head out the door and then she gets out there and puts their leash on them and everything else but can you imagine you know our neighborhood's okay but it's nothing special you know, taking a walk around the same block or a couple of blocks every, every morning, but wow, wow, the excitement they have, you know, the excitement they have. And like I say, they, it's, it's a good reminder because really most of the things most of us do, you know, we should be more excited. We should be happier about it, you know. Our tails should wag more and our mouths should bark less, right? <laughs> Like, like uh, with, our, with our dogs. And that's another good thing about Teddy. The first three months we had him, we didn't think he could bark. I thought there was something physiologically wrong with him because uh, he, he rarely barks, which is a great feature in a dog. And that's nice. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the second chapter of the letter to the Ephesians. Most Bibles say it's Paul's letter to the Ephesians. That's greatly disputed. We're really, we're really not that sure that Paul wrote Ephesians. But regardless of who wrote it, it's, uh, it's inspired Scripture, and there's plenty for us to learn from it. Consider the word of the Lord. 
you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. God of life, God who desires that none would perish, but that all would come to a knowledge of your love, your grace, and true life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, starts right out there. It says, you were dead, right? It's an interesting way to phrase something. But we all know this, yet sometimes we forget it, right? We all know it, but sometimes we forget it. How, how is it that us walking around animated in our, in our bodies here can be dead, you know, this is one of the things that goes way back, again, way back to the beginning. And again, the basics, the whole story really is outlined and alluded to in Genesis. In Genesis 2-7, it says what? It says, God took the dust of the ground and formed a man and breathed the breath of life into him. And he became a living being. So the first thing we, we all always need to keep straight is that life comes from God. And God is the source of life. But then we know the story. You read on down to verse 17. And God says, don't eat the fruit off of this tree. 
Because when you eat the fruit off of this tree, you're going to die. In that day, you will die. You will die. Now, again, we all know that the fruit was consumed, but they were still walking around, right? So clearly, there are multiple ways to look at life when we talk about life. The simple way I look at it is, is of course, man died spiritually when he disobeyed God and didn't trust God. And it's no different now. We are dead spiritually if we are in a state of disobeying God or in a state of not trusting God. That's where we are these days or, or any time. So, so we're, we're talking about, and the author here, the writer of Ephesians, is talking about spiritual death, which is really the worst kind, the worst kind. You know, physical death is really no big deal. We think it is. We really do. And even, even those of us who proclaim a Christian faith, we think that, golly, our bodies stopping working is about the worst thing that can happen, right? That's a terrible way to think. When our bodies stop functioning, the only thing we lose is whatever we did in our bodies. That's it. That's it. Everything goes on. You're still alive, you know? Even if you lean toward the, what shall we say, I believe in science instead of God side of the spectrum, energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? You'll learn that in your physics classes, right? So when you, quote, unquote, when your body stops working, all you lose is the things that you did in your body. And depending upon what day of the week it is, you know, most of us aren't as animated about walking around the block, right, as my dogs are. So what, right? So what? But anyway, the point is, is that you, that you can die spiritually. You can die spiritually. Another real good example we see of this is in Luke chapter 15, right? The story of the prodigal. One of the best synopses of what the whole story is all about that Jesus was telling. And it says there in verse 32, the father is talking to the eldest brother, right? Now, the eldest brother, remember? The eldest brother, that's what most of us are, right? Or we can be at some time is complaining to the father about what the younger brother had done. And he wouldn't even acknowledge that he was his brother. You know, we do that sometimes, I think. We see people out there who are in spiritual death, and we don't even acknowledge that they are our sisters and brothers because we all have one father. But in verse 32, the father in the story of the prodigal says what? He says, we had to, right? We had to. That's a must. We had to celebrate and rejoice because, and it's back at him sort of deal, right? He says, your brother was dead, but now he's alive. 
He was lost, but now he's found. One of the best movies ever for theological truths, I believe, is The Princess Bride. And there's a place in there, there's a place in there, y'all, if you've seen the movie, you remember, Miracle Max, they think he's dead, can bring him back to life, right? And, and Miracle Max says, of Wesley, he says, there's mostly dead, and there's dead, right? <laughs> and sort of like spiritual death, that's kind of like mostly dead in some places, but... Miracle what Max says, you know, you know the difference between mostly dead and dead. When they're, when, when they're dead, you go through the pockets and look for loose change. So that's the difference. So our way of life, our way of life is one that is a way of life. We're called to life, just like the prodigal, who when he came to his senses said, I'll go back to my father and say, I've sinned. And what did he get? He came back to life. So our way of life is a way of life, not a way of death. And then it says that when we were dead, God gave us life through Jesus Christ. God gave us life through Christ while we were dead and seated us with him in the heavenly places. It tells us the same, it tells us the same thing in Colossians chapter 3, it talks about how we are seated with Christ and how we should look to things above. We should look to things above, not things here on the earth. Not things here on the earth. Another way that it's always been real poignant to me especially at this time when during Lent and we're getting to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Y'all remember, y'all remember what the angels said to the women in the tomb? In Luke's, in Luke's version, in Luke chapter 24, when the women go to the tomb, remember what the angels said? Or one of them said, there were two of them there, but presumably only one of them was speaking at a time. The angels said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? And this morning, if you're going to remember anything from what I say this morning, you might want to write that down. That's a good question to ask yourself on a continual basis. When you are tempted to, shall we say, go along with the crowd or in the, uh, the term of set of good old Jim Jones and his followers, drink the Kool-Aid with the world around us. Because again, we're called to be in the world, not of the world. We're called to look to things above, not to things of this earth. When you're tempted to do that, ask yourself, why am I looking for the living among the dead? Our way of life is one of looking to heaven, looking to the things above, not to looking to the things here on the earth. And then the passage that I read this morning finishes up saying that in Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, to do good works. That's what we're made for. 
more than the rainforest has been chopped down to make paper to talk about the difference between works and grace and all that. But it's not a discussion here. The, the author makes it clear again, we're saved by grace through faith, right? Not by works. But we are created to do good works. To do good works. And Jesus reminded us what? Among the best good works we can do is to do exactly what Jesus did. And that is to proclaim the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, which Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, the kingdom of God is among us. It's right here. Again, we have to recognize it and see it. And how do you do good works? Or what are, what, are, what, are, what are the main things to do? There are all sorts of good works. We could, we, we could list them all day long. But, again, Jesus put it very succinctly, which he was very good at doing, I think, in John chapter 15. Verse 12, he says, what? He says, a new commandment I give to you. You should love each other the same way I have loved you. Right? That's it. If we do that, if we do that all the time, we're doing good works. Teddy, my young dog, right? Our, our young dog, I should say. You know, that'd be interesting to ask the dogs. Do you belong to Rebecca or do you belong to Jim? You know, but you know, there's, they can't talk, so praise the Lord. Any, anyway, but Teddy, now Teddy, see, again, exemplifies so much how we should act and what we should do. You see, because we need to, we need to bring others along with us. We need to bring others along with us. The kingdom of God is among us. And heaven knows, all of you know, there are plenty of people out there that are suffering. And they're suffering because of ignorance. They don't know about God's love. Well, I told you Andy was old. Sometimes, even if the chain is rattled, the leash is rattled, and and Rebecca has to resort even to saying, are you ready to go on a walk? Or words to that effect. Andy doesn't move. Now when this happens, Teddy goes back to where Andy is and gets her. Well, he gets her. So I said Teddy was a good example. So our way of life, is a way of relationships lived out in love. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
strong 